is perfect. I love it. Uh, from Holly and I, thank you so much for your kindness and generosity. It truly is our honor and our privilege to serve God and to serve. I'm very optimistic about the future and what God is doing in our midst and where he is taking us. And I couldn't be happier to be able to play the part that we are able to play in seeing God accomplish his purposes out of 7,700. Amen? Amen. And so thank you all so much for your generosity and your kindness and for being people of honor. Thank you. Now, with that in mind, I need your help. We have a special guest who is here with us today. Um, his name is Les Bowling. He pastors Eagle Rock Church uh, just outside of Columbus, Ohio. And he is a true father in the faith. Um, we have been able to step into a relationship with Pastor Les in the recent in recent years. And he's been such a kind friend to our family as he has walked with our family through recent years. But he's also been a father in the faith and how he has guided and shepherded us. And so my encouragement to all of you today is to open your hearts to receive the word that the Lord has given him. He is a man who has stayed the course over many years. He's preached, taught, and planted churches in many nations all around the world. He oversees a global network of churches that he helps to give oversight and stewardship to. Uh, his lovely wife, Sheila, is holding down the fort in Ohio this weekend. And so uh, we're so honored. I'm sorry? Yes. Uh, he's also on our church board as well. And so I wonder if you wouldn't mind to stand on your feet with me today and help me to give some honor to the man who's bringing the word today, Pastor Les Bowling. First, Pastor's Appreciation uh, Day for uh, uh, Holly and Jordan. And greetings from the Buckeyes. I oh, all right. Uh, I don't know if we won that game yesterday against Penn, Penn State, did we? Oh, we did. Come back. Yeah, we rarely use, lose, but uh, anyways. <laughs> But we'll stay humble about it. Amen. Uh, it's good to be here at the Gate Church with uh, Pastor Jordan, Pastor Holly. Uh, see Pastor Kathy and uh, Brooke. Good to see my friends, Trey and Hope. Uh, this is their first Sunday. They just left a uh, transition to pastorate uh, 20-some years in uh, Georgia. Uh, and they're here now in OKC. We're glad to have them here. Good to see my good friend, Joey, that always uh, leads us in worship. And uh, good to see all of you all. Everybody's looking good. 
George and uh, Elma and just everybody. We just thank God for you all. I thought I was thinking as the brother was, uh, 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 he said, I'm going to take it back to when I got saved. And, uh, and I thought that was a new song he was singing. So uh, I can take you back farther than that. Page 120, Victory in Jesus. All right. So we could go there or mama don't need to mark her because Jesus knows where she lays. That's another great one uh, back in that era. But uh, we're glad to be here with you all. Glad to be here with you guys. And uh, we appreciate uh, this ministry. And uh, I was really blessed coming in this morning to be able to uh, just experience the spirit and the heart of prayer as uh, staff and leaders is getting together and is praying this morning. Just feel the touch and the presence of God. And, and I just appreciate the passion, Pastor Jordan, uh, you and Pastor Holly have. And, uh, and, and uh, I know when Bishop uh, went to heaven, he didn't take his mantle. That was left here. Uh, in there, and God has add, added your mantle to it. And so now we've got a double portion, and God is going to do some incredible and powerful things. And I thank God for all of you. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap offering. So we, uh, um, we're, um, uh, we bring you greetings from Eagle Rock Church. My wife, Pastor Sheila, and Eagle Rock Covenant Network, its related ministries, and Pastor Lonnie Johns and Destiny Fellowship sends their greetings uh, this morning uh, uh, as well and say, they appreciate you all and happy uh, pastor's appreciation. And for all the different friends and associates that you're related to, uh, they just all send their love and their greeting. I know y'all been through a lot of transition, a lot of challenge, a lot of change. Uh, so uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to uh, speak to the obvious, but I am going to kind of be in the neighborhood just a, a, a little bit. And uh, we just thank God for you all. I, thank, I encourage you for... Uh, Thank you for staying the course and for walking it out and so on and so forth. So uh, our, our congregation just kind of, you, you know, the first time a person's up, you say, okay, who is this guy? Uh, well, uh, in our church, we pioneered a church 25 years ago uh, there on the east side of Columbus. And probably the larger group would be African-American. The next would be Caucasian. The next would be African-African uh, African from Nigeria, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Botswana, Kenya, uh, Tanzania, uh, Liberia. We got the daughter of the former president there that got assassinated uh, sometime back. And so she fled for asylum has been with us uh, for years. Then we have Russians and Ukrainians, and that's real fun right now. All right, so they uh, they have a little bit of a challenge getting along. A big group of Hispanic Latinos that is uh, uh, with us, and uh, Asians, and so on and so forth. So you can imagine how much fun that we have at election time. All right, so we have all kinds of fun, but we're just glad to be with you guys here and. Uh, we just uh, thank God for you all. And we're just going to kind of just jump into the, to the word here this morning. And uh, we just come from, let me see, we was in Miwok, Shad, Samantha. We was just in Miwok and with uh, Word of Life, uh, Pat and Celine McDonald, their church there and, and, and their leaders. And then we had a, a group of pastors we met with for a few days. And then just come from Sacramento last night from... Uh, 
uh, Sergei Golovay. Uh, it's a uh, Ukrainian uh, Russian immigrant church. Uh, their 30 year celebration. All right, so uh, if I seem tired, it's real. All right, so anyways. Uh, but uh, we're, we've had a good night's sleep. We feel good and refreshed. And we're just going to jump into the Word of God. I want to, we're going to start off in Exodus chapter 3. Uh, now, uh, Pastor uh, Jordan said there's so much new zeal and energy. You all go to what, 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon? So uh, anyways... <laughs> Right, you may go that long, but I'll be taking a nap by then. So, uh, uh, but anyways, it is good to be here. I'm going to talk to you about the God of generations, just the God of generations. And um, how many believes that God is a, a faithful God? He's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a mighty God. And so we're just going to look here uh, in the book of Exodus chapter 3, one verse. Of course, this is the... Uh, the context of the burning bush and Moses uh, encountering God and then getting his mandate and mission and commission uh, to go and uh, uh, deliver the children of Israel from uh, over 400 and some years of Egyptian bondage. But let's look here, just one verse we want to pull out. Uh, verse 6, moreover, he said, I am the God of your father." The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. The God of generations. I believe the point of the passage is trying to encourage uh, Abraham uh, or, or uh, Moses, uh, there's no uh, evidence that Moses knew his father, though we know he had one. He said, but I was the God of your father. And then I was the God of the patriarchs. I was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And the point I think that he was making is, Moses, I'm your God too. And I just want to encourage each and every one of you that uh, uh, none of us has entered into this as a sprint um, or even just a marathon, though the journey can be long and can be challenging and appeal at times. But you have to kind of look at, uh, at ministry. You've got to look at your life purpose. You have to look at it like a relay race. Uh, Jesus, when he began his ministry, he began with the end in mind. Uh, knowing, that, knowing that he would go away and that he was going to uh, leave into the hands of the, his, his uh, first initial disciples with the empowerment of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he was going to leave the destiny and the future of Christianity in their hands. And so uh, your life purpose, a church, a, uh, your ministry, your calling, whatever it may be, uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, we know in part, we have in part. We only have part of the race. Uh, we're part of a relay race. And anybody that's familiar to track uh, knows that uh, they, they have uh, four runners. And they're not just put indiscriminately uh, uh, in the mix. It's kind of interesting. The U.S. always uh, 
seems to have always have the fastest runners uh, overall, but rarely do we medal because we mostly get disqualified. Uh, the problem is is then passing the baton uh, in the exchange zone, and the and the passing the baton it seems to where it gets a little bit muddy and a little bit messy. But your first runner is the the runner that uh, strategically placed there that's fastest out of the blocks. They're fastest out of the blocks and hopefully can give them a, a, a jump into the lead and give a little bit of lead. The second runner is strategically placed there, and that runner is, is the one that is best able to manage the curves. They're able to go around the curves without falling, without skipping, and hopefully maintain the lead. The third runner is the second fastest runner, and, and, and his responsibility is if, they, if they've lost ground that he can make it up or he could do a little bit of catch-up. And then the last one, the last uh, uh, leg of the journey, which they call the anchor man, that is the fastest runner, and that is the one that can do everything that they can possibly do, just go all out uh, uh, the whole route and uh, do everything that they can to catch up or pass or win at the end of the day. Turn to a couple of people and tell them, we have a role. You have a role. We all have a role. Uh, we got a race to run. We have a baton to pass. We got a story to tell. We all have a, 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 an assignment uh, to be able to, to uh, run and to go well. Uh, the first generation, Abraham, uh, the Abrahamic generation, to him the promise was given. Uh, he said in uh, Genesis chapter 12, I want you to come out of your father's house to a land that I'm going to show you. And there I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you and you shall be a blessing. You shall be the blessing. So that first generation, uh, uh, the promise was given. I know I'm sure that when uh, Bishop and uh, Kathy Miller came here, that uh, they came just not out of trying to find something else to do, but out of revelation and impartation and a promise and a word and so on and so forth. So the promise is given to that first generation. It's kind of interesting. It seems like the Lord seems to move in, in, in three and four generations cycles, uh, it, it seems to be. Uh, and there's a sovereignty of God in all of that. I don't completely, totally understand of it. But one thing is, is, is for certain, we all have a race to run. Can somebody say amen? We have a baton to pass. We have a baton to pass. The victories that we've established, the things that we've had breakthrough in, uh, the, the, the opposition that we've overcome, the giants that we've defeated, we're to pass those victories, pass that baton into the next generation and pass it into their hands so they don't have to refight them and rewin them and, uh, uh, and re-overcome, but they can run in their time because they have a race to run. They have giants to face. They have things to overcome. They have opposition they have to, uh, to deal with. And they've got barricades they got to have breakthrough in. So each and every one of us, we have a race to run. We got a baton to pass. And we got a story to tell. 
I believe it's Psalms 145, it says, let one generation declare the works of God to another generation and declare their mighty acts. So how many has had some good stories and good testimonies, prayers answered, miracles happened, something to be able to pass on to the next generation? Come on, lift up your hands. Yeah, I know this is a church of victory with a spirit of victory. But uh, 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 Abraham, uh, the promise was given. Not only that, to Abraham, that first generation was the covenant established. Genesis 15, God took Abraham and he established a covenant. So that first generation is very, very important to them. The promise was given. The covenant uh, was established. An assignment was given. Kind of like that builder generation, World War II uh, generation, when they stormed the, the, uh, uh, the, the beaches of uh, Normandy. That first wave probably really count the cost and, and understood that probably most of them were going to be taken out. Most of them are going to kind of lose, lose their life probably. And uh, that is exactly what happened. But they made advancement. They got and they established a beachhead. Uh, or you could say brought spiritual awakening or brought in a new move of, of some kind. So that second wave, uh, they still had a battle to fight. They still had opposition to overcome. But they was able to go a little bit farther than that first wave and liken to the next wave and so on and so forth. So the will of God is that each generation uh, 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 rises a little bit higher, shines a little bit brighter, is a little bit more anointed, a little bit more graced to be able to run and to move through this thing and to make a difference. Can somebody say amen? I love talking with the saints of, of uh, yesteryear. You know, it's kind of uh, uh, maybe popular somewhat in our day to be a spirit-filled church. We have the spirit-filled di distinctives of, uh, we believe uh, in the gifts of the spirit. And we believe in all the offices of the spirit and all of these, all of these different things. But it was not so uh, uh, many years ago. Many years ago, uh, for you to be spirit-filled and talk in tongues, guess what? You paid a price. You was branded, you was labeled, they would make fun of you. Uh, it was kind of a wild time. Uh, I remember one uh, uh, old timer friend of mine he had, uh, up in, uh, let me see, um, uh, Slade Mountain in eastern Kentucky. You can imagine what that was like. And uh, he said it was wild back in that time. He said there was, there was not many uh, uh, tongue talkers and this and that in that area. He said, but our church was one of them. He said he, he, he never forgot that one time he's seen some old mean fellas coming in with a big bag. And he knew what they had. They had a bag of rattlesnakes. And they was going to throw them into the church. Of course, he would always start uh, the, the song service. And, and he'd say, okay, we're going to go here. And he'd take his 38 out and put it on the piano. He'd say, let's worship God. And so he said when those guys were starting to come in, he grabbed that 38 and met him at the door. He said, now, boys, if you let them snakes out uh, in that bag, he said, there's going to be more dead snakes than what's in that bag. And he said, now I want to see some praising. So he starts shooting at the feet. That is no joke. That is no joke. So... Uh, 
uh, that's maybe not the best thing to inherit from, the, uh, from a past generation, but uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, in that pioneering generation, it's tough, it's difficult, it's hard, opposition, battles, challenges, lawsuits, whatever you have to go through, you have to go through to be able to make it better for generation next. Can somebody say amen? So we're always fighting, we're always battling, we're always believing and trusting God. Every generation has an anointing, it has, uh, has, has, has gifts, it has natural talents, has uh, mantles, and has uh, a blessing. Uh, uh, your anointing, your anointing, we have a believer's anointing that's the same for everybody. Then we have a ministry anointing that is according to our gifts. When you get born, when you are born naturally, you are born with natural talents. When you are born, reborn spiritually, you are born with spiritual gifts. And both sets come from God. In the natural talents, you may be just naturally good at math or mechanics or whatever. God given you that capacity in, in order to be able to serve him with. When you are born spiritually, there's spiritual gifts that is given. And in the journey, God unlocks those gifts. And uh, even at certain times, there can uh, be an impartation uh, of a spiritual gift. But your anointing comes upon and from your gift. A mantle is a little bit different. A mantle describes the boundaries in which that gift operates. The anointing that comes from the gift is the ability. The mantle is the authority to function in that ability. So it was like when uh, Elijah, uh, he touched Elisha with the the mantle, but then uh, Elisha had to walk with him for, for some years. He had to journey with him for some years because when the mantle comes, it, it was a big, it wasn't just a little small rag, it was a big old thing, and uh, it would always be bigger than the person that usually it was being put on because it took time for that person to grow into that mantle. You know, it's kind of like this jacket when I was 10 might have been a little much, all right? It'd been more like a tent, all right? Uh, but over time, I was able to grow into it. And so in a new generation, God, uh, he unlocks their gifts. Uh, he releases that anointing, that mantle's placed upon them. Here's your sphere. Here's your boundaries. Here's your uh, uh, limits of your authority. Uh, here's your capacity to be able to function. But it takes a while to grow into that. So that's your gift and then the mantle, the anointing, glory. Glory is something that comes on your life. Anointing comes upon them from your gift. Glory comes on your life. The glory is much more than an orange cloud. The glory of God is the intrinsic, eternal perfections of God. It is basically when the glory comes, it's the attributes of God that goes public. When the, when the attributes of God, they, they go public and, and you start to see as manifested. The Bible said that as the, as the water covers uh, 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 the, the seas and the earth, he said, so shall be the glory of God. 
And that is where uh, double portion sons and daughters that have been born of God's spirit has went through a journey. They not just have a gift and an anointing and a mantle, but a glory will come upon their life. And God says, yes and amen. And there they manifest the goodness of God. There they manifest the wisdom of God. There they, they manifest the kindness of God, the forgiveness of God. All of these different attributes of God that go public. And with that, then God gives blessing. He said, Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you and you shall what? Be the blessing. That word blessing means this, an instrument of divine favor. How many has ever, ever prayed for favor and all of a sudden the right person shows up? But guess what? You are the answer to somebody else's prayer. You become the favor of God. All it takes is for a cursed place to become a blessed place is a blessed child of God to come in there as an instrument of divine favor. Uh, the blessing is not a check that you receive in the mail. It's a mantle that you wear. It's a jacket that you carry. He said, I, he said, I will wrap myself with them and, and I will be with them they, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. So the blessing when it comes, it is the favor of God that steps into a situation, into a place. And there can be chaotic chaos and mess and everything. But just soon as a blessed person that walks into a place carrying the presence of God, all of a sudden it has to calm down. All of of a sudden it has to straighten up all of a sudden has to be quiet where the where the mouth of the lion gets shut not only that the blessing of god it means to be a preventer of misfortune in other words, somebody that can come in. How many has ever had people come into your life and, and, and it just seemed like, okay, we got a new new drama series that just started? And Brother Wonderful and Sister Spiritual, here they come with the gift of offense. That's their gift. All right, so, you know, you have, you know, so have those kind of things. But then there's other, other things that people, they are a preventer of misfortune. Things that the enemy wants to do but cannot do because a blessed person has showed up. They don't have to do nothing special. They ain't got to jump through no hoops. They just got to be there and, and let the presence of God emanate from them and through them. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, Zoe, uh, the life of God, then that you may have it more abundantly. With that, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but that's okay. If the blessing is there, the curse cannot manifest. Those things are like held in place held in place. And so uh, it means to be a preventer of misfortune. The blessing also means this. It is a self-contained beneficial force that can be transmitted from one to another. Anything that God gives you, you can give it away. Can somebody say amen? 
So in other words, the anointing that, get, that God gives, that you can become a channel of that anointing, of the stream of that blessing, and begin to affect things wherever you work, wherever you live, wherever you attend church, whatever department that you're in, whatever, uh, whatever outreach venture that you jump into, whatever it may be, guess what? The blessing of God, you carry it, and it can be transmitted from one to another. Come on, let's give God a shout and a clap offering. So that blessing that he was talking about, Abraham said, Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to give you a promise. I'm going to make a covenant. I want you to establish a spiritual beachhead. I want you to do this. And then uh, finally, his, the promised son, Isaac, comes along. And that next generation, that next, next generation lives on the provision of the promise of that first generation. Without that first generation, there ain't no promise. There ain't no covenant. There ain't no nothing. Without the first leg of the race, there's no other legs. And so we, we thank God for that and we honor that and so on and so forth. However, Without that second generation, there is no legacy. There is no blessing that is passed on. Uh, when I started ministry, listen, I started ministry uh, uh, everywhere I went, I was the youngest guy. That's flipped now, all right? All right, so it's not like that now. Uh, but most of those ministries... Uh, in that particular time and or churches as a young evangelist, we go do meetings and every church had a week once a year. So you can stay pretty busy. Uh, but uh, most of them were what I would call one generation moves of God. They run strong for a generation. They were holy people. They were praying people. They loved you. Uh, uh, and, uh, but generational transfer, passing the baton, uh, mentoring, oh, that wasn't even on the grid. They didn't even have it in the language. It wasn't even in the language. You either got in and got it or you didn't get it. And, uh, and many times they, they burned hot and strong for a generation. And then when they went away, it went away. How many believe that is not God's will? You listen, what he begins in the spirit, he wants us to increase in the spirit. And he wants us to go to the next level uh, uh, in the spirit. In other words, it's vitally important. Listen, the closure of one generation is the birth of another generation. And so, but there's tests that we have to pass even to the end. Genesis 22 is when uh, all of a sudden uh, uh, he takes the promised child, he takes Isaac on Mount Moriah, we know the story, to offer him as a sacrifice. And, and, and Abraham was tested. And because he was tested, uh, he was trusted. Guess what? What is not tested can never be totally trusted. You never know where a relationship is at until it goes through some fire. 
And so uh, there's occasionally we get planted, we get pruned, we grow. God uh, refines us with refiner's fire. But there's things that exit our life and there's things that come into our life. One of the things that the Holy Spirit told me at the beginning of the pandemic, he said, I want you to watch those that go away from you, those that come towards you, those that rise up among you, and those that stay with you. I want you to watch and look for those things. And he gave me this little illustration, the same boiling water that makes an egg hard makes a potato soft. Same water, same water, but they're made out of two different things, so you have two different outcomes. I believe it was Pastor Kathy said, she said, the problems we're seeing in our day, they didn't start in our day. They was pre-existing conditions that have come through. And now the pressure of this perfect storm has just exploited those things and they have came out. Well, that, that's okay. Uh, uh, what I'm glad for is, is, is listen, uh, you, you never fail. You just keep retaking the test. Yeah, high school was the best eight years of my life, I tell you. I enjoyed it so well, I just done it, I done it twice. All right, so uh, you just keep retaking, keep retaking the test. So he was tested with Isaac, and when the Lord, when he laid him, he said, before he could put the knife on Isaac, uh, 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 the angel spoke and said, hey, wait a minute, there is provision, uh, there, is a, there is a ram that is in the thicket that is held for you. Uh, just know this, when you pass a test, guess what? God begins to unlock hidden resources that was around you that you did not even know was there. And he said, I provided a ram. And then what, what has started to happen, then all of a sudden, uh, 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 he, and he said, Abraham, because you have done this thing, because you have not withheld your son, your only son, with blessing, I will bless you. With multiplying, I will multiply you. And your seed will possess the gates of their enemies. In other words, he says, because you passed this test as that first generation, Abraham, I'm going to multiply apply it through the generations, your seed, your children, your children's children, and their children are going to possess the gates of their enemies. Can somebody say amen? So as we're running this race, we run it with fervency, we run it with faith, we run it with focus, we, we run it with commitment, we run it with determination, we, we run it with tenacity and say, oh, no, 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 devil, you are not going to take me out before it's my time to go out. And when I go out, I'm, I'm going to leave something behind. I'm going to make sure what you put in me, the values that I was established, the things that we want, I'm going to get that into the next generation. I'm going to put them into the Jordans and Hollies. I'm going to put them into their children and their children's children. I'm going to do whatever it takes. That's why you got to keep running. You got to keep fighting. You got to keep believing. You got to keep praising. You got to keep praying. You got to keep giving. You got to go to church when you don't feel like it. You got to love people when you don't like them. You got to forgive people when you would rather get back at them. Give the Lord a clap offering. So, lives in the provision of the promise of the first generation. But he's the one, Isaac, that begins to manifest the blessing in another level. Genesis 26, he goes down 
to a place that is full of famine. Listen, in famine, there's no life. In, in famine, you're to be afraid and preserve what you got, just hoping you can make it. But the scripture says that he sowed in the time of famine. You don't sow in times of famine. You hang on to your seed and hoping that rain will come and that it will pass. But to know this, the Bible said Jesus was a root out of dry ground. That means there was nothing in men, nothing in favorable circumstances, nothing in humanity that had anything to do with the building and the blessing of his kingdom because he was rooted into another world. And so Isaac begins to manifest the blessing and he sows in time of famine and receives in that same year a hundredfold and he kept receiving. And he also, you don't dig wells in a time of famine, there is no water, but he redug the wells of a former generation. He redug the wells of revival, of the wells of promise, the wells of covenant, the wells of blessing, and he flourished in a time of famine and they was afraid of him. So the blessing that was promised on Abraham began to be manifested through Isaac. Without our Isaac, without the second generation, we're not able to uh, carry on. Just know this, the Bible said old men will dream dreams and young men will have visions. An old man's dream finds fulfillment in a young man's vision. We eventually get to the place that we see farther than we'll actually go. We ain't through yet, all right? We're still going, but you'll see farther than you actually go. And that's where the baton, where that's where a young man's vision, he will take an old man's dream and go farther with it, go higher with it, go faster with it. I just said all that to say this, Gate Church, hang in there. Stand in the gap. Pray the prayer, do the sacrifice. Endure the embattlement. Go through the conflict. Believe and trust God. Because what he said he would do, he will do. And greater than that, he will do in your time and in the generations to come. Right now, every decision I make in, in our ministry, I do. I have four grandchildren. I do with my eight-year-old grandson and mine and his children, which don't exist. I'm doing it for his generation and the unborn generation because, listen, uh, things are not getting more righteous. Things are getting more dark. As we're in a moral decline, as we're in a, a decline of, uh, of just the basic uh, creative instincts that God has given to, to mankind, it's like, oh my goodness, I thought it was bad in my day, but it's worse than this day. What will it be like in his day? All I know this is where sin abounds, grace does much more abound, and that the blessing that will rest upon him will be greater than the curse that is around him. And I want to make sure that he's got it. I want to make sure that he gets it. I want to make sure that it's in him. I want to make sure that he doesn't lose ground, but takes ground in a more accelerated way. He is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Without the third generation, there is no... Uh, continuance, there's no continuity, there's no posterity, there's no future, and there's no hope. And each generation is challenged. Uh, it doesn't mean that every generation is, is uh, 
perfect. Abraham twice in his journey uh, sold out his wife Sarah to a king's harem to save his own hide. I don't know how you break it down culturally, but I don't think that's acceptable in any culture. <laughs> Isaac had his, 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 his challenges. Jacob had his. Uh, uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, uh, in Malachi, he said, Esau have I hated, uh, but Jacob have I loved. Jacob, a deceiver, supplanter. Uh, he, would, he would do anything to get the blessing of God. Lie, steal, cheat, manipulate. God said, I'm going to work with him and on a little 14-year journey uh, on that. But, but I like it that he goes after me. And it was through Jacob in Genesis 32 as he met God at the crossroads of Jabbok. And he said, what is your name, Jacob? He said, my name is dysfunctional. My name is Jacob. My name is deceiver. My name is messed up. He said, yeah, but you have found favor with God, your name will no longer be Jacob, but your name is going to be Israel because you are a prince. You've got favor with God. You've got access to God. And so the nation of Israel today derives their name and identity from Jacob. So every generation has their challenges. I remember my generation, they said, oh, they was the most messed up, but we probably were at the time. And, you know, and Generation X and let me see the, uh, all the other ones, millennials, they get a bad rap. And uh, I believe there's a movement to be unlocked in the millennials. And, and now, they, now they're puking on disease, okay? Every generation has issues. Every generation has problems, but every generation has a purpose. Every generation has a calling. Every generation has a mandate and a mission and a harvest field. Every generation is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask according to the power that works on the inside of us. And that same power is here today. God has not lost. God has not cut off in power. Nobody has taken his blessing. Nobody stole the anointing. He still got the mantle of authority. He still has the grace of God, the power of God, the glory of God, the might of God, the promises of God, the people of God, a remnant that is for such a time as this. Come on, let's take about 30 seconds and give God a shout. Come on, give him a shout and give him a clap offering. Come on, we can do better than that. Come on, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. Has prevailed, is prevailing, and is going to prevail. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. The God of Bishop Tony Miller. The God of Pastor Jordan. The God of Shad and Samantha. The God of every one of you. What God has done for you, he wants to do through you. And he wants our children, our children's children to raise up and have the example where living epistles written red of all men, of examples and testimonies uh, 
salt and light who we could follow and just know, yeah, they did it. They did it with nothing. They, did, they believed God with nothing. I believe it was Amy, Amy Simple McPherson <laughs> that went, uh, uh, the uh, founder of the Foursquare there in L.A., she, uh, 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 the Angelus Temple, uh, which back in that time was the largest uh, church sanctuary in, uh, in, in America. And uh, so when she started, uh, uh, he said, how much money do you got? The contract, she, he said, she said, I got $500. He said, lady, with $500, all I can do is dig a hole. She said, you go ahead and dig the hole and God will fill it. And stepped in faith. And guess what? We're going to keep digging. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep trusting. We're going to keep uh, prophesying. We're going to keep declaring. We're going to keep decreeing. We're going to keep moving. We're going to keep motoring. We're going to keep overcoming. If God doesn't deliver you out of it, he will give you a grace to overcome it. Come on, if, if the mountain does not move out of rebuke, he'll give you the strength to climb it. Come on, you still got strength. Come on, if you could see five years into the future, 10 years into the future, if you could see the gate church, guess what? It will be a double portion, triple portion, quadruple portion, uh, a church that has given the devil a nightmare, establishing the covenant of God and passing on the promises of God and doing something that is going to remain after they're gone. Can somebody say amen? The God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. All I just want to tell you is the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Everyone has their challenges. We all have our changes. We move forward out of the revelation sometimes, and then sometimes we've got to move forward out of a crisis of change. A crisis has happened and everything changes and we just keep changing. We find our kingdom alignment and begin to press forward and to press in and to go after it. I just encourage you, be all in, gang. Be all in, go for it. Give it everything that you got. Listen, the only thing that I can leave my my children's children and their children uh, is a life-giving church and an open heaven. And guess what? None of us are as strong as all of us. The key in this day is less of me and more of we. Together, we can overcome anything. Together, one can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand, three, a hundred thousand, four, a million. Together, we can overcome anything. And so I just want to encourage you, bear down, believe God, trust God, and let's go for it and let's make a difference and let's press and push and pray and prophesy and impart and lay hands on and tell the stories. This is what God done for me. This is what God will do for you. Whatever your challenges are, whatever your giants are, just know this, God will give you the grace to defeat your giant. Come on, we grow under bearing a cross, but we shrink under yielding to a giant. Let's bear the cross, but we're not going to give no territory to a giant. 
Come on, the giant is tough because he's bigger and stronger and uglier and meaner than we are. Uh, but guess what? He is not bigger and stronger than who God is because the greater one is on the inside of us. And I'm not going to see anything lost in my generation. I'm going to make sure the, the victories, the promises, the covenant, the values, the vision is passed on to the next generation. Their style will be different. Their sound will be different. Their battles will be different, but I'm going to make sure I impart it into them and they're going to be great for their time, great in their day. They're going to be great to win the city. They're going to be great to evangelize the lost. They're going to be great to do the great commission. They're going to be great to disciple nations. Come on, every country of the world, every creature of every country of the world, every culture of every creature of every country of the world will receive and hear and know the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, we proclaim it and the Holy Spirit explains it. Come on, the duty is ours, but the results is God. Come on, let's believe and trust God. Let's prophesy. Let's act like we're outside of ourselves. Let's let our children, our children's children, see us standing in the gap, praying down the heavens and believing and trusting God. Come on, one more last time. Give the Lord a shout and a clap offering. Everybody stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just kind of begin to pray here a little bit. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you for what you're going to do. And the work that you've begun, I ask that you will continue to perform till the day of Jesus Christ. I ask God in the name of Jesus, let the generational link be kept. Let the generational bridge be crossed. Let the mission and the mandate just increase more and more and more. Father, we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Son of God. We thank you, Lord. God, that you will anoint our transitions. That you will oil the tracks of destiny. Father, that God, that you'll be with us in a big and powerful way. God, I just thank you for that. I thank you for what you said and what you're still saying. Lord, I thank you for what you've done and what you're still doing. And Lord, I declare that for the gate, the best is yet to come. Father, we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Now just kind of stretch your hands towards your pastors here. And, and uh, Pastor Jordan, Pastor Holly, uh, of course, I know you've been put in, and so I'm not trying to redo nothing. But I have a lot of confidence in you. One of the things the Lord spoke to me in a prayer meeting in Baltimore, Maryland, about five years ago, was out of 1 Kings 20. The prophet came to Ahab and said, you see the great multitude against you? He said, yes, I see it. He said, God's going to give you a great victory today. He said, how so? He said, by the young leaders of the provinces. He said, who's going to put the battle in order? He said, you are. And when he put the young leaders of the provinces in place, 
it brought national victory. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I want you, whatever I have you do, I want you to do that for the rest of the journey. There's a time of exchange. There's a time of passing the baton. I have never seen so much transition in the body of Christ as I'm seeing right now. It is happening everywhere. Soon I will be to in Singapore where a 40-year uh, pastor passed it on to uh, uh, 18 years ago. I preached the change command service, and now they're getting ready to do it again. And so I'm going to speak at that again. I said, I don't know if I can last for another one, but uh, uh, that's happening all over the earth. Transition, that space between two seasons where the old is gone, the new is not yet fully come. God is passing the baton. Let's flow with it. Let's go with it. These are young leaders, but these are not rookie leaders. No, they are not rookies now. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. They've been in it for quite a bit of time. Got a lot of experience and and so on and so forth. I've already been blessed by their wisdom and their insight and their tenacity. So stretch your hands towards Pastor uh, Jordan and Holly, and we're going to believe and trust God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask God that you continue to be with them, watch over them, take care. We appreciate them, Father, today. And we thank you for these gifts that is given to the church. And I just pray and ask God that you protect them, provide for them, guide them, guard them, watch over them, be with them, provide for them and give them peace. Father, in Jesus' name, God, let the power of God in them be greater than any storm that is ever around them. I ask God, you that called them and that sent them, that God, that you will, God, continue to keep your hand on them. Watch over them and take care of them, Father, and unlock levels of revelation and levels of insight. Help them to run their race, their journey, and to live long and to live strong. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray and ask God that you through them will bless the gate church in the name of Jesus. Come on, join hands to the person next to you. Father, we just pray and ask you from generation to generation to generation, let there be a transference of the blessing of God, of the presence of God, of the power of God. Let it continue to flow heart to heart, mind to mind, spirit to spirit, one mind and one accord. Uh, unite them together, knit them together in the name of Jesus. Let them be as one battle ax right here today. God, we pray and we ask you for that in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. amen. I kind of think that God sets a day apart once a year for pastor's appreciation because uh, much of the journey is not that. <laughs> it's criticism. Much of the journey is not knowing what to do. Much of the journey is sometimes I don't know. But on this day, we honor you as gifts given to the church. And just remember, you're not here for them. They're here for you. They're gifts given to you to each and every one of you. If you're here today and you don't know Christ is Lord and Savior, I want you to know today is the day of salvation 
now is the acceptable time. And on the count of three, I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to wait. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've not had a relationship, you don't feel that you're forgiven, you're not sure where you're at, on the count of three, I don't want you to hesitate and wait because angels will rejoice uh, over a decision that you make to follow Christ here today. On the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Slip up your hands. Slip up your hands. Okay. I see those hands. I see those hands. All right. We're going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. The church is going to pray together with me. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross and shed his blood for our sin. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you come into my life, forgive me of my sins, and be my Lord and Savior. I give you my past, I give you my present, and I give you my future in Jesus' name. Now make sure you tell a family member or friend, make sure you tell one of the leaders here at the church that you said yes to Jesus, pray to receive him uh, into your heart. But listen, we're going to end this day by uh, giving a good offering and just say, Pastors Holly, Pastors Jordan, we love you and we appreciate you. We thank God for you. And I just want to tell you, uh, this is young ground, good ground, but not rookie ground, but a fertile ground that's going to bear much fruit for the years to come. And we're going to be able to have the opportunity to give big. And so right now, let's welcome Cole as he's going to instruct us in the offering. It's been a joy to be with you all. Thank you for putting up with me today, and I hope to see you soon. You guys uh, appreciate Pastor Les for his word he shared today. Guys, give him a hand. Amen. Well, as we get ready to go today, we are receiving a second offering for those of you that wish to give to Pastor Jordan and Pastor Holly just to say thank you, and you appreciate them that way. Uh, so some of you may have brought cards or gifts today. If that's the case, then you can feel free to just give it to them in the North Lobby. They're going to have, we have a small reception for them after service. We have some cookies, and they're going to be out there spending time with our church. So feel free, if you brought a gift that you want to hand to them, do it that way. But if you want to give uh, by way of offering, our ushers have offering envelopes. They're moving down the aisle. You can also give through the digital means that we always have. And you can give in Cash App. Very important. Hear this. If you're going to give by offering envelope, Cash App, or the website, make sure you mark it, Pastor's Offering. That way we know it gets to them and it blesses their life. We've got a great time coming up over the next few weeks here at the Gate Church. Don't forget game day next Sunday. You better come up in here with your jerseys on, with your sports gear on. And I did hear we're going to have an Alabama fan tailgating out there. So, Okies, come on. Let's get some tailgating signed up today and do not let an Alabama fan take the trophy this year. Can we do that? All right, Father, we just pray that you uh, that you give us a great week. We speak a blessing over every person that's here today and online. We ask that you cause their lives to be favored and above and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys may be dismissed.